He's alive, Obi-Wan. Promise me you will train the boy. He's coming, Master. Sometimes when I look at Luma, I see her mother's face. What have you become? I am what you made me. You should have killed me when you had the chance. Hello there, and welcome to episode three of Show Me One Kenobi, our Obi-Wan Kenobi retrospective on Best Film Ever and Talking the Mickey. I'm Ethan. And my name's Ian. I have a good feeling about this. Hi, you know what? So do I, because we, we've we caught up. We've caught up with uh, all the Obi-Wan stuff. So when this comes out, <laughs> I don't know when. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb. We're recording Sunday. I'm saying this will probably come out maybe Monday. So Yeah, we uh, definitely don't want to wait till Wednesday. That's a confusing yeah. message. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, then they will come out Wednesday. We'll actually be caught up, and that's cool. Now the pressure's on you to actually edit it in the time you need yeah, to. Yeah, the pressure's on me. I think I, I think I can do that. We're doing Jurassic World, so I'll, I'll make sure I find time before Jurassic World. You need um, to find eighty-five million years if you're doing Jurassic World. Ah, yes, all that in the making. Uh, but no, we're with episode three, part three. I love that they're so simply named. It makes my job so much easier. And um, we open to. Ben, after being uh, finding out that Vader is alive, uh, Anakin's alive, and he's trying to reach out to Qui-Gon, but there's nothing. He's still not there. He keeps reflecting on what Reavers said, and we cut between um, seeing the boy himself, Vader, uh, being taken out of his back to tank all wrinkly and gross, and he's not got his arms because he got cut off, and we get an audio montage of moments from the prequels, hearing Anakin saying he hates him, Qui-Gon saying, you will look after the boy, and Padme saying there's still good in him. I'm going to say after an event that happens in this episode, maybe, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> and um, we get to see Vader being put together like little Legos, uh, all his parts being put in, his helmet being put on. And then Obi-Wan tells Qui-Gon that he's coming, Master. And then we go to Mustafar, where Darth Vader is in his castle speaking to Reva about uh, Obi-Wan's location. And here's something I found out uh, the other day. This this voice uh, is not James Earl Jones. Wow. Uh, then they well, got it, it is, but it isn't. Is it like, has it been digitally processed? So it's like so much of Hayden and so much of him? No, this is just an AI that's been able to replicate the sounds of oh, um, okay, James yeah. Jones's voice, which is what they did with Luke Skywalker in The Mandalorian and The Book of Boba Fett. And I and Val Kilmer in, in Top Gun Maverick. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Bless him. Uh, it's that, that that hit the interweb large. So I, I feel OK yeah. sharing that whether you've seen it or yeah. not. Sorry, folks. Um, no, I, I I said this when um, when Book of Boba Fett came. I don't know how I feel about it. I think it works better here because he's already robotic. With Luke, there was uh, no emotion. I'm okay. Oh, okay, as far as I thought you were talking about from a moral standpoint. From a moral standpoint, if the if the original voice is alive and gives their consent, I got yeah. no issue with that. James Earl um, Jones doesn't sound like if you compare how he sounded in Rogue One to uh, the originals, like there, there's a massive bless him. He's massive. Got, he's getting old, isn't he? Yeah, but um, I will. I will say it was. It was only until like 2016 because he did Star Wars Rebels the year before, and yeah. he, said, he sounded perfect. I mean, he, he sounded not, perfect in Rebels. Like with, with all the audio production and the ability for multiple takes and everything we can do with sound. I mean, you should hear Ethan and I in real life. We're just <laughs> we're just two squeaky voiced little minions. Um, if they if, if we can use this equipment to make us sound like the voices that we have, I mean, 
it, it, it's a shame that we can't do that for him. But on the flip side, um, bless him. Every time we have a Star Wars thing, would we, do we have to try and troop out James Earl Jones if we can find a workaround? Does he still want to do it? Well, he's retired I, now, so I think. And also, the, the thing is, he gets money. I, there was an interview with Daniel Logan, who plays, um, you know, child Boba Fett in uh, Attack of the Clones, and they use like a digital recreation of him for a flashback in Book of Boba Fett, and it was just a reflection. And all he had to do was sign off and agree, and they paid him like twenty grand. So yeah, because you like, have to, yeah. you still have to pay to use someone's likeness. Yeah. I think that's that's the crux of the uh, oh, what's his name from Back to the Future? Um, oh, uh, Crispin I Glover. Know. Yeah, the Crispin Glover Back to the Future Two controversies. The fact mm. that they tried to disguise what it was, and therefore sort of still capitalize on his likeness. Which became a little bit tricky when we, I mean, I, I don't think Natalie Portman's getting paid for her archival footage. I think that's a different kettle of fish. Yeah. But, uh. She's to sign off. But to be fair, she's back in full. I don't think she's to sign off whatsoever. Yeah. I think really? if you've, no, no, if you filmed that, you can oh, use that yeah, footage that again. True. She's already been that paid for her use of that. Yeah. As long as it, I'm sure there's some sort of bylaws about, you know, not making it, you know, not just rebroadcast entire scenes. Yeah. But something like what we saw here, I think. I don't know if she gets a little payment or not. I don't think you need to. I don't think you do. Um, I'd be very, I'd be very curious. But anyway, we we we've stumbled. We're only a few minutes in. And we've already stumbled yeah. gloriously off the path. So I will let yeah. you. Uh, <laughs> you know, we we were on <laughs> Mustafar. Say what you will. It's yeah. got a view. Yeah, and um, Reva says that Kenobi will pay for the Grand Inquisitors, and she gets cut off. We never hear the end of that. And Vader's like, I don't care about the Grand Inquisitor. You're gonna. I've been watching you, and I I know what you seek. So you'll prove yourself to me, and you can be the Grand Inquisitor. And if you fail, you'll not live to see the fallout or whatever. And Ben, meanwhile, is fixing Lola. Uh, when Leia asks how long left uh, the ship has before oh, it arrives on the planet, are we there yet? <laughs> I don't mind it for the sense of the audience needs to know. The audience needs to know this information. We haven't been on the ship the whole time. Yeah. Um, this was a better. This was a better Leia episode for me. I'll say that much. Yeah, I, I, I do. I really like Leia this episode. And she's like, "Can you use the force to make it go quicker?" And he's like, "Well, that's not how the force works." Uh, so she then asks how it does work and what it feels like. And Ben says, well, "Are you ever afraid of the dark?" And then you turn off, uh, turn on the light, and say, like, "It makes me feel safe." Yeah, that's the feeling that the force has. And um, again, this is someone who's cut himself off for 10 years. So he's starting to feel all of that again. It's it's nice. And uh, then Ben gives Leia the fixed Lola and the bond increases a bit. And then the ship immediately approaches the planet. <laughs> I think he did use the force to make it yeah. get there quicker because literally it was like, we have a while to go. We're here. <laughs> <laughs> And um, Ben and Leia begin the trip to the coordinates that Haja gave them, and it is swarmed with Imperials. And uh, this is a planet, Ben tells Leia and us, that's a mining system called uh, Makuso. And uh, it used to have fields and families, and they got ravaged by the Empire. And he says that, uh, meanwhile, the, the Empire sucks, and Bale is trying to help, but it does feel like a losing battle. And then we have a trauma vision of Anakin standing in the distance uh, that Obi-Wan just sees. Oh, is that what it's called? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay, this is never, never a term I, I, I was familiar with, but that psych out where the protagonist's brain manifests the thing they're most afraid of in front of them. Trauma I vision. I believe it's that. I th that's like the, the, the best way I can use to describe because it, it's always that sense of... Yeah. 
I like living. And then we go to the Fortress Inquisitorius, another castle that the Sith have. And uh, Reva arrives with purpose to the other Inquisitors. I wonder if they have like the same like real estate agent they use. And they're like, oh, we got this great location. I found exactly. It's like <laughs> it's like one of those reality shows yeah. where they show them like three different locations. Oh, I love that. <laughs> it's like you just have cutaways. I'm like, I really like the kitchen. The kitchen is spacious, but it doesn't have the atmosphere that we're looking for. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing the actual property hunters yeah. sith edition that's what i'm looking with, for with vader um palpatine was like you're gonna go to mustafa you know where you, you nearly died and i'm gonna make you build it brick by brick while also having waves of oh. enemies kick the shit out of you something we didn't mention is that yeah. um reva when reva leaves he gets up and walks out to the window and looks out now this is your typical end of scene yeah. like we need to get out of here cut like what's on mustafar that that vader hasn't seen before like why is he why is he walking to the window here and He's you gotta love sith man. windows because sith windows are really like just slits in the wall and they're not very big <laughs> right but it's just like what what is it that you're looking for out there there's no real logical character driven reason for you to be doing this this is just we need you not to be awkwardly sitting at your desk while while we cut <laughs> uh reva tells the other inquisitors that she's traced the manifest which is the ship the mining system and the fifth brother i've been calling him sixth brother he's the fifth brother apparently uh dismisses her saying that the grand inquisitor seat is actually his and uh, Reva says, well, she spoke to Vader and he asked her to lead the hunt. Na, 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 na. And she demands that they send out the probes to hunt Kenobi. And Fifth Brother is pissed, saying that he'll get what he deserves. And she says she will, too. Yeah, he like his acting went to like he he's tending all over the place here. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Inquisitors are just like very catty uh, people. I didn't mind this guy in the yeah. first two. But in this one, I'm just like, dial it down a bit, mate. <laughs> And um, the probes begin to travel to find Kenobi and Ben and Leia. Meanwhile, uh, continue their fake aliases saying uh, that, well, you can't talk. Well, I'm not allowed to talk or I can't talk. And they arrive at the I, I, I appreciate the, <laughs> I appreciate. Let's, <laughs> let's, yeah. let's, let's nail down this semantic field. What exactly is the rule here? Am I a mute? <laughs> Am I not allowed to? Am I physically unable to? He should have just gone. Yes, you're physically unable to. That's our cover. <laughs> And uh, they arrive at the coordinates and there's no one there. And Ben gets angry. He's like, you can't try. You can't trust everyone. Not everyone's good, Leia. And then Leia spots a transport to, uh, they can try and hitch a ride with. And uh, well, hang on, hang on. This is, I think yeah. this is a big character moment yeah. for, for, for Obi-Wan. Um, you can't just trust people. I, mean, I will like, say this. It, this was a good Leia episode. This was a rough episode from my boy Obi-Wan. Like he really, oh, I think, I think it is. I think it is. Like this is Obi-Wan just losing everything. If there's a decision to be made where there's a right choice and a wrong choice, he's going to make the wrong choice and he's got <laughs> someone else is going to get the upper hand on him in every situation. But the idea of that, you know, he takes this childlike innocence and there's nothing, I think he's right in the idea of you can't trust everyone. Although I think this, you know, for Leia, who's just been kidnapped, I'm like, yeah, a little late, late on that one there. Uh, grandpa maybe daddy obi-wan you know what i mean um obviously he's working through i think his own stuff and his own feelings and of course you know he's having to deal with this newness of, of emotion that anakin's alive and so what does that process feel like 
And, you know, someone who he did trust, someone who he did raise, someone he trusted Kaigon, but it was the right choice to raise the boy. How much of a failure does he feel like now? Because not only did he raise the next great Sith Lord, but he didn't kill him. And the guilt must have been killing him over killing him. <laughs> but now that he's been out there for, and how he didn't know, how with his, you know, Jedi master, Obi-Wan Kenobi, how did you not know that Anakin was still out there? How, how big are these blind spots? And I think um, this moment, I'm hoping it doesn't go too much lower than this throughout the series. I really do. I think we get his lowest point. I think this is like your I hope second so. act. Uh, I hope so. Like um, you're in this shit. Kind because of. he needs to still be the, if this is about redeeming Obi-Wan, and not that I think he needed to be redeemed, because I'm still 100% on board. See, I'm the guy who thinks Obi-Wan's the one who brings balance to the force, not not luke not not anakin obi-wan brings because he trains the guy who goes all dark sidey then he trains the guy who goes all light sidey and knocks him out obi-wan trains both sides of it obi-wan is the one who brings balance to the force moving on um but you know i, I never really thought obi-wan should be wearing this you know wearing this cross all this time like it seems to be showing me that he feels and that's okay the character can feel that way mm. but at some point i need obi-wan to be redeemed and go after what he's going after and uh so i think from a character perspective this thing where he snaps at a child for her optimistic innocent viewpoint you can still have that conversation without snapping at her and he does snap at her and this is and you know and this is this is a, a jedi this is you know you know control your emotions control your feelings hate leads to the dark side all that good stuff um and while this is happening luke is not technically not being protected he doesn't know what's going on with luke so there's so many things going around in his brain i will say that i think we've been we've been we've been sold the bill of goods with this series where i think we thought we were gonna be hanging out with obi-wan on tatooine and we were gonna get a lot of luke time and i don't think anybody outside of the diehards the casuals i don't think anybody thought we were getting a leia series and that's what we've got. So uh, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm, my, well, my concern was I don't want to have to see Luke because obviously, well, no, I don't want to be so blind. I don't want us to have to retcon it later on. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was be Tatooine based. It's an interesting choice. Um, I, there's some things about the dynamics which are a bit off, which we'll talk about later on. But um, but no, this was. I mean, this just clearly wasn't the episode I thought I was, uh, or the series I thought I was getting. And that's okay. I'm not one of these guys who's like, "You went down a road that wasn't the one that I had thought, or we had predicted on the internet." Therefore, this is bad. I'm not that guy. Uh, my my issues with it were were primarily based on the fact that you go in for the precocious trope of the precocious child trope. Sorry. So I've gone again way off course. Uh, we're back with uh, Obi Wan yelling at a little girl. Yeah, and uh, after that, Leia spots a transport that they can hitch a ride on, and she immediately starts to speak um, after he's like, you can't. And this is Freck, a mole creature played by JD from Scrubs, it turns out. Shut up, are you serious? Yeah, so his name comes up in the credits. Um, I can't remember his name. Zach Braff. Zach Braff. And I went, because at first I thought this was like Seth Rogen, because it sounds very like, <laughs> he would hey, well, well, no such bad thing as order, right? And it's just Zach Braff doing a voice. I love that. Um, I guess because he's taking Florence Pugh, he gets the. Uh, I think they've Disney. split. Oh, I think oh, they've no. split. Maybe, okay. this is part, maybe this is part of the agreement. She gets the MCU, he gets Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> I think I, I know very little about celebrity stuff. I was looking up Florence yeah. Pugh for something for the pod, and um, I saw I didn't know she was dating Zach Braff, and I was like, "Wow, that feels like they're a little bit apart." Um, but yeah, I might be wrong there. I don't know. She was cuddling up with someone else. 
Oh, yeah. they've called it quits after nearly four years together. 21-year age gap. Wow. Two consent. I, uh, yeah, hey, whatever, yeah. whatever decisions people want to make about themselves, yeah. that, that, that's fine by me. But um, definitely one. I mean, Zach Braff has also that boyish energy. Like, he'll be 16. Yeah. to make age, JD. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, Freck offers to let them hop into the nearest spaceport. And uh, as Ben hops in, he spots an imperial flag on the back of the truck. Well, and rag might be more appropriate, rag, but yes, yeah, it's horrifying. And Freck loves the the Empire, and he's like, "Nothing wrong with a bit of order, right?" Which is so depressing. Uh, no, I think horrifying. it's I think it's important. I, I think because I think part of the issue has got to be. How does the empire, if the empire is as punitive as it feels like, how are they able to stay in power? And I think you need to have populations within who are like, no, 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 this is good. There's been, there's been order. There's been, I mean, you look at the way things oh, no, are. I'm fine. I'm fine with that. My, my thing's more, um, the empire hate non-terrestrial species. Like they, they oh, okay. this is the thing again, yeah. where we're looking at things from two very different yeah. perspectives. I was thinking about this the other day, actually, Ethan, and I was curious to get your take on it. Um, I'm going to type it up here at the bottom on a sheet and we'll come back to it at the end. Cause I have, yeah. I have a big question I want to ask. Okay. But yeah, cause he's, he's so devout to the empire and the empire itself at this point, they're like, they're sending uh, Wookiees to be slaves and spice mines. They're, uh, essentially genociding um, different species, and they they refuse to have any non-terrestrials in uh, in the empire. There's there's one specific. There's only one non-terrestrial they ever let into uh, the empire, which is this uh, blue guy called Grand Admiral Thrawn. And the, his whole thing is okay. By non-terrestrial, what do you mean? Non-human? Non-human. Yeah. Okay. Or humanoid, yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, non-humanoid. Like yeah. Um. Yeah, I guess this is not including um, cl- um, clones and droids. Yeah, because Grievous is like a droid gone gone rogue, right? Or not yeah, well, rogue? That's, that's that's before the Empire. That's like because oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, 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 yeah you're not in Revenge of yeah. the Sith. Um, There's all prequel first, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His first decree is like kill all of the non-human. Wow! Creatures. So they really went heavy into the Nazi imagery. In yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he's brainwashed to love this institution that marginalizes him well, and uh, i tell you what there's a there's a whole there's a whole speech in that too yeah i yeah. mean i don't want to project the, the the nazi trope onto it but i mean you look at modern day governments and you mm. look at uh in, in a variety of countries and you yeah. look at political parties the, whose platforms look like they'd be harming certain demographics um for instance there's a certain party back home where you're like it seems like quite clearly hate working class farmers and yeah. yet working class farmers are the biggest proponent of this political party i'm like how do you it's not see people's party. yeah how do you not see that these guys hate you they clearly they hate you nothing wrong with order yeah no, i mean they may as well bend like this guy here I. nothing wrong with it but he, he's just telling it like it is he is yeah. star fair at least you know where you stand yeah <laughs> And uh, Freck then stops and sees some stormtroopers and he offers them a ride as well. And he introduces the troops to Ben and Lay, which uh, they go by Luma. And I can't remember Ben's name. Like way to go by something like so close. You could <laughs> easily trip up on this. Uh, yeah, I don't know what, what OB2. OB it's it's yeah. Luma and OB2. Oh, my favorite thing I've been doing, uh, the files, this is... this. Only- oh, I've seen it. I, I had a good laugh. Yeah. I, I was yeah. kind of upset that we didn't actually think of that one and call it, just call it OB1, OB2, OB3 for each episode yeah. name, but still. My, my file names, I've just, I'm just going up uh, in, in number for each episode, and it gives me a nice little chuckle. No, it was good. The first time I saw it, yeah. I went, we missed the trick on that one. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, the troopers then tell Freck that they're hunting a Jedi. And Freck's like, oh, no, not the Jedi. I don't like them. And uh, the troopers try and talk to Ben. And they're asking him what he's doing here. And Leia covers saying that, oh, uh, Ben, uh, he's taking, he's my father. He's taking me to Makuzo because my mother, my my father here, and she's died. And then um, she asks, how do you even know if the Jedi are here? And Ben just, he's like, well, you know what they're doing, Leia. And everyone picks up on that. And they're like, Leia. I I don't think they was, know that. Was this too Leia far? Was this too uh, far? And by this I mean we've got troopers who are literally looking at the galaxy for this guy. This isn't Jimmy the Jedi again, which by the way, loved loved the write up about, about the ballad of Jimmy the Jedi. But <laughs> but look at the show notes for episode one. Loved it. Um but you know, we're looking for Jedi Master Obi Wan Kenobi, <laughs> you know, in modern lingo, this isn't a guy without a digital digital th- you know thumbprint on the yeah. universe, and he's right there, um, looking kind of like how we've been taught Jedi's look. At least if you have any remnants of Obi Wan, this is the kind of stuff he wears. It's not like you know he's showing up in a pair of Levi's and a T-shirt. You know what I'm saying? Saying stuff. We love stuff. That's not what's happening here. This guy looks like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And like we're all sort of on. Of course, we don't want them to recognize him. But especially with where they were going to go just a couple of minutes later. Is this, is this just a step too far? I think this is a, oh, no. It, this this exists for uh, some dialogue that's about to happen. Could this have been, an, alternately, rather than just being really, really stupid, could this have just been a really good spot for a Jedi mind trick? Possibly. I think they come on, he just does a little yeah. bit, you just see him sort of move his hand just a couple times, nonchalantly, yeah. but enough that we go, and you can have Leia look at his hand like she's noticing him doing something, but that's how it, it, it plays with them, because that's one of the first things we got introduced to with Obi-Wan in episode four, was these aren't droids you're looking for. Yeah. Wouldn't this have been a great place to show him again, just starting to use the Force in small amounts? In ways that would be sad. Like, tell me that's not much more satisfying than just, oh, these are the typical stupid stormtroopers. <laughs> I think it's, I, I think they're, they're really, um, they're being very conservative with how they use the force, I think, right now. Yeah. And I guess that's for, for your big moment later on. Um, I, I, I don't know. I, I think he's already caught the yeah. girl. I mean, we can, you yeah. know, he's already using, and then you can still have, then you can still have him do that. And then you can still have the, farmer uh whatever his name was um jd anyway you can still yeah. have him go to the janitor and say hey i think these two i, I think you might <laughs> want to check these two out in the back because they, they won't be able to hear in the, in the in the door yeah they, 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 they won't be yeah <laughs> they they won't be able to 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 hear that or you know his his force powers aren't that great but he can he can mm. he can handle a couple of a couple of idiots even if it's acri says leia he could do a little bit of something and that throws him off the set but that just felt like it was just a little bit too we need leia to save the day and i'm not opposed to leia saving the day but there was just something i think that would have been more organic rather than organa at this point <laughs> But yeah, Ben's like Ben's covering is like, oh no, that was her mother's name. And whenever I look at Luma Leia, uh, she he sees her mother's face. Uh, this is this Luma. is solely for yeah, yeah, yeah. This is solely so we can get to um, some dialogue. Which oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, this is to get to the conversation about uh, Padme and you can have both. And, you yeah. can still have the Jedi trick and still have this story and have him get caught up in it. Um. 
Yeah, because I guess it's sort of important. I mean, also you could have worked in, you could have worked this in somewhere else in the in the yeah. in the plot as well. Um, it is a nice moment. Um, yeah, when they decided, hey, should we actually determine that Leia should have some character besides just, hey, here's a here's a bunch of one liners. Careful, guys, it's not a Marvel film. Cut back with the zingers nonstop. Let's get some character development in here. Oh. Yeah, the troopers get off and it's just Ben and Leia again. And Leia's like, you you knew her. You've been hiding something. And he's like, are you my real father? And he, and he I, says, oh, I, I loved yeah. this moment. Yeah, it's like, I, I love that I question. Say I was, but uh, I'm not. And Leia says that she she tries to imagine what her dad was like. And Ben relates saying, you know, sometimes he gets glimpses of his family and maybe he had a brother. There was a baby. That's, an, inter- remember. that's an interesting breadcrumb, which I feel yeah. from my from my novice, um, very casual, big fan of the films, kind of that's about it, breadcrumb. I hope that's something that we get paid off. I do, I do, I do. It would be interesting. I think with where they're going, it would, because they've been opening a lot more to the concept of Obi-Wan outside of just being a Jedi in the Clone Wars. We have Satine, who was uh, the ruler of Mandalore and all the Mandalorians who uh, he has a very long history and relationship with and he almost left the order for her and that's been a thing since like 2009 i think yeah and they're, they're, they're going into that whole thing of there's more to everyone than just the stoic jedi well should we talk a little bit maybe maybe now's an appropriate time to go um rumors have started dropping that um they're gonna rock a season two of this i yeah uh, i i I would like that after um, I was watching, when I was watching Star Wars Celebration, he has uh, he has this thing where he's like, "Is this is this the Star Wars um, convention you're talking about?" Yeah, which okay. I get to go to next year because it's in London. Hey, cool beans. It, yeah, and um, he was like, "I hope you enjoy episode one, two, three, four, five, and six, where the cutoff point is six, obviously for the series." And he's like, "It's seven, eight, nine, and uh, ten. Yeah. <laughs> so I think is that what he was I, referring to? Do we think? I, I think so, unless he's just... I think, I think he's just realized he had a crowd in the palm of his head. He just kept good yeah. naming numbers. Yeah. As Kathleen think, Kennedy's going, no! Guess we're going to do it now. It's like a Kevin Feige going, how do you keep yours under control? He goes, it's, it's the way of holding them at gunpoint. like, now we've got to. I think I think you got, you got like nine years between this and A New Hope, and you have about four five-ish years five six years between when he shows up in rebels and he confronts maul and he looks like alex guinness you got you got a decent amount of time you got time but you also only have the, you only have this time is the other thing yeah. like you you can't wait 10 years and then decide you to do something else because yeah. by that point your timelines have have not, unless you're going to completely get rid of time. like the children and it's just going to be yeah i mean like you've got this window and and, and use it and you know according to hey hayden christensen geez according to you and mcgregor um like the numbers for this like take your best marvel series which i think actually was um moon knight as far as like episode one went I think so. And then you take apparently, apparently, part one of Obi Wan's just destroyed everything. The force is strong with this one. This is an event show. Um, It is. It it really is. And it's been a while since we had one. It feels like. I I was going to bring this up at some point because I I I saw an interesting thing because obviously the last week and a half we've had three major shows um, air their new series and we had Stranger Things on uh, Netflix, which decided to dump all of it. And those episodes are between an hour and 15 to, to an hour and 40 minutes each. And wow. Like seven. Yeah, no. And then uh, that's part 
one of the season four and then the next part ah uh, we're doing like, they're doing an ozark or, yeah. or a breaking bad with it yeah, yeah. um I'm, i've never been a fan of that like, two hour, like one of them one of the episodes is going to be two hours and 40 minutes and everyone's going why yeah why well would you do that because i guess they want to fi- they want to finish the story i'm assuming this is the end of the story for them yeah, this is the final season. All right, so I'm guessing they want to wrap it up with their time and their pacing, and that's fine. Ozark did a good job. I was really quite happy with how Ozark Ozark closed the, their loop. So if you, if that's what you need to finish your story, and the benefit of the streaming platforms is that you don't you're not beholden to the same restrictions as as, as broadcast television, yeah. either in. Um, episode length nor in release schedule you can kind of do whatever you want you can do staggered you can do you can drop it all at once um which is what ozark opted to do it's what uh, stranger things opted to do it seems to be that's the netflix model yeah um, i'm assuming the other one you're talking about is the boys yeah yeah which i which i, I i've watched episodes one through three of the boys and then they're going so you kind of got a hybrid of the two because we're gonna drop three at once which, which was a fair bit actually yeah and then we're gonna drop weekly uh, episodes. I don't know how many episodes they're going for, but it's ten. It's usually ten. Is it ten? Okay, I think so. Um, which is uh, an interesting, interesting choice. And having just got through all three of them, which c- kind of run the gamut between forty-five minutes and just north of an hour. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. I'll, I mean, I'm not a fan of Stranger Things. I just haven't been able to get into it. Uh, that being said, I do like the boys very much. So. Yeah. yeah it's just inter- and then we got Obi Wan, which is doing you know here's two parts. Now we're going to drop yeah. weekly. I think that's the thing. I've seen more people to one. It's Obi Wan. So more people talk about it. I've seen more people sure. talk about Obi Wan and the boys because this weekly release, I think, puts more in the zeitgeist. Stranger Things, it was a race. It was that thing of I don't want to go online until I finish Stranger Things, and even then, everyone's muddled and talking about it. And I prefer this weekly, weekly thing. If you think about the buzz that Wandavision had, yeah. Because I don't think we've really got there again. Whether that's because Twitter's doing a better job of locking down specifics. Possibly. It seems like it. Than Wanda was. Because Wanda, you went on, I was like, oh my God, what, what's the point? Um, but I think Obi-Wan's also this culmination of, like, you know, it's a series that's 15, 20 years in the making. I mean, I think it's 17 years since Revenge of the Sith. Is that on? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, it's a long time. It's, it's both familiar and novel. It's this it's this universe that we're familiar with, and there's permutations. And so, there's all everything we talk about with well, who do you think you are, and whenever we have a new doctor, and sort of those Easter eggs and how they get revealed. But then you mix that in with the, the, the newness and what can technology do for us, and, and where do you go? How do you tell a new story based on? this you know ip that's geez bordering on 40 plus years old i think it's ooh, it's getting close to 50 because well 77 right so 45 about 40 45 yeah yeah. so you know stranger things is a a young person show it is that's the demographic who primarily is watching it probably under 30s um but especially you know the kind of students who i teach at at the upper levels that's kind of there 16 to 22 it's probably their kind of um bag right now the boys i think the boys skews heavily heavily male um yeah it's like male adult but also it's weird because a lot of that content is satirizing that same kind of thing so it's like this whole but I don't think it goes that old either, where Star Wars is, is is truly comprehensive. If there's anything, Star Wars needs to worry about getting the younger audience, if anything. 
because Star Wars, hey, for people like me, I mean, I'm on the young side for the original trilogy. Like for me, I'm saying, you know, the the, the first movie came out before I was born. So when I had some toys, but I can't remember the, the, the movies the first time around. My, my first memory of Star Wars really is through these toys I had and maybe snippets of Luke Skywalker in an X-Wing doing some stuff. Like yeah. that, that might be my... My, my my earliest concept of it but really it's through this stuff so we've kind of gone on, on on a large walk around here as we talk about sort of entertainment properties yeah. in in 2022 and 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 how you release those on television it's a really when you have all these choices it's really really interesting uh but on the flip side it's also really really hard as we've discovered from even what we talked about with doctor who and the um and the cast decisions, all that stuff. This also means you got to batch record them, and sometimes that means a lot of stuff can can come out yeah. as you, as you're doing it. So um, it's it's an interesting choice. But I am I'm at the halfway point. I'm really excited about the idea of a season two of Obi Wan. Yeah, I think it would be interest great for the character. Uh, and um, Ben, uh, oh yeah, we were talking about the Jedi and Ben being adopted and all that. He's like, well, I got a new family in the Jedi, just like you did with the Organas. We're not so different, you and I. And um, Freck then stops at an Imperial checkpoint and the troopers ask about the two strays and they go to check out the situation. And they get Ben to step out the vehicle and Ben gets ready to shoot if he needs to. And one of Reaver's probes appear to verify that it's Kenobi and he shoots it or hell breaks loose. He blasts all the troops. Oh, but he waits for like, he waits till he's identified to shoot it. I'm like, if you just shoot it right away, the only people who know are right there. So if you can kill them, you're now you might go, there was a a thing destroyed, but at least there's, there's a, a difference between that. And yes, we got a positive ID. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he shoots uh, a stormtrooper off a pillar into a laser fence, and it splits him in half. Yeah, you got the, the, the Darth Maul treatment there. And if there's one thing I've learned, whenever Obi-Wan causes someone to be torn in half, they come back. Maul, <laughs> Vader. So I think in 20 years, we're going to get... Um, what does this guy have to do to actually kill someone? I don't He's know. He's just like... <laughs> Just seems the only to be one he gets to kill is himself when he just sort of like, okay, Vader, it's it's my time to go. It is interesting that everything we know about lightsabers, and then we go to uh, episode four, and his clothes just fall to the floor. We don't have like a scorch mark splitting them in half. No, no, it just sort of like nicely, just drop the laundry as you go. <laughs> Uh, another one then holds Leia at gunpoint and Ben makes quick work of him. They try to escape. Well, hang on. This was cool. Hang on. This was cool. Let's not just. Yeah. So the, the idea being that he's holding it and he's doing the whole, okay, okay, don't hurt her. Don't hurt her. I just want. And then he shoots the guy, proving yeah. that he is a far better shot than a stormtrooper, which is saying yeah. something because this is an old man who's just been cutting up like <laughs> like sandworm salmon for the last little while. Yeah. But but I guess, you know, he's using he's using the force, which is which is to get out of jail free for everything. Yeah. He's using the force. And uh, they get caught by an Imperial transport and they tell them to lay on the ground. And then uh, the officer comes out. And this is one of those things where it's like, you never see them. So obviously they get shot and that means the officer shot them. And that's because she's the contact that Hadja mentioned. She's also from Game of Thrones. Is she? Yeah, I'm gonna look up who this was. She was. Um, oh, um, actually, this is this is very much like a, like a Mandalorian tie-in. This is uh, Pedro Pascal's sister or wife or something like that in Game oh, of Thrones. Wow. So yeah, interesting. That's great. 
And uh, we go back to the Inquisitors and they found Kenobi and Reva gets ready to tell Vader and Frith, but it's like, well, I've already done it. So suck some eggs. And we both, because we both know who'll be standing by his side when this is over. I'll be the Grand Inquisitor. Um, I, I think this is some heavy foreshadowing about some stuff. And um, Ben and Leia uh, learned that despite having all the ports shut down, the contact has been able to get a pilot to get them off world, but it'll take a few hours before they can go. And Ben then promises that it will be okay to Leia. And she sort of shows behind her facade for a bit. And she's apologizing for everything, saying, I just wanted to run in the forest. It was fun. I do it all the time. I miss home. And I prefer this to the, you know, this. Uh, I, I think this is an earned moment after we've seen her be really. Um, oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. And um, I'm just surprised it took so long, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, halfway point, yeah. Just for the record, Indira Varma, who plays the contact here, um, she played the role of Alaria Sand, the paramour of prince oberon martel also known as the mandalorian so uh and she plays like a like like, like a proper villain in that so i was sitting there going how do i know this woman there's something about me that makes me want to really dislike her what is it and then it just dropped i went oh my god it's what's her name from game of thrones and you have to say what's her name because that cast was huge but i thought she was really good in this yeah and uh, Ben and Leia make it to the safe house, and this is an old droid repair shop that no one ever enters, and there's a big droid called Ned B, and the contact says to, to Leia, because she tries to talk to him, that, well, Ned's not allowed to speak, and Leia gets sad, saying, well, what if he has something to say? And that's more of her droid rights kind of thing. And I really like this this droid. I thought this was a really yeah, interesting choice to go, great. oh, he's not going to be... Now, we've seen tons of droids who haven't been able to communicate, but to actually mm -hmm. kind of humanize one of them for a moment. Yeah. That's a really interesting choice. And what if your creator made it so you could couldn't express yourself oh my god like there's something yeah. in that like wow so yeah, yeah really like and, this character and the contact then informs uh, Carla. i'm just gonna say Carla because we find her name out later okay. uh, she she tells ben that there are safe houses across the galaxy linking through the system that they call the path and this is really interesting this feels like it's some underground railroad uh imagery yeah. they're just sort of bringing through which uh, yeah. as a canadian we, we 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 love to go hey we were the end of the underground railroad and yeah. canada's got got some history in, in in slavery as well not as pronounced or nearly as long as as our american neighbors to the south so we should really stop short of beating our chest too vigorously and thinking <laughs> that's what canadians do canadians look at americans yeah. and go we're not as bad as that on this specific issue and then we feel all superior for a moment yeah but it's like careful that's the problem of just being like this big this big blue ocean is that really it's just you and the other guy so that's all you have to do is just be better than the other guy and you feel really yeah. good should we compare ourselves to you no 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 we're just comparing ourselves <laughs> to the other guy when everyone says, well, what about Finland? You go, no, 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 no. that's no. Europe. That's Europe. We don't do that's that. That's Europe. We are, yeah. look at how the Americans are. Aren't we better than that? <laughs> uh, the path is really interesting because within Star Wars, uh, there's an era uh, recently called the High Republic and they deal with something called the path or the paths. And it is hidden pieces in hyperspace where people are able to sneak around and appear out of nowhere and it feels very similar to this idea of sneaking around and getting Wait, to another part. It also sounds like the the way harry potter travels through flues or whatever it is oh, yeah. to get everywhere oh this <laughs> it's a bit rough <laughs> but yeah they do like the past are done by evil people that do like space it, terrorism is it like, like is it like trans is it like like uh, what i'm looking for not transport transports is exactly what it is but it's um, supposed to be like teleporting kind of it's oh, basically no, able to manipulate hyperspace to the point that they can like just oh, appear and disappear with these specific coordinates that feels a bit weak what happened you know 
Well, space is space. I mean, I can get behind. Um, well, it's used in like a, a villainous way. They like just create absolute okay. carnage. It's really interesting. It feels a little bit too Star Trekky for me. That's the only thing is that it feels like Star Wars was always sort of balanced in the idea of the the the, the limitations of physical time and space, and that's what allows the Jedi to yeah. be exceptional. Is their ability to sort of bend these elements to their wills ever so slightly? Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it turns out Penn's not the first Jedi who's been here. The paths will lead to uh, a place called Jabin, where they're given new identities, like a Jedi Witness Protection Program. Yeah. <coughs> Sorry, I'll cut that. It, it and, does. It does. It still, it still feels like very, very underground railroad. Yeah. And the idea of it there now, the choice to leave a log. I understand that in the sense of looking who else has gone before you and finding hope in that. As long as nobody ever finds it, we're yeah. all good. And it's not just Jedi, it's also Force-sensitive children and anyone who's Force-sensitive and later asks, well, what happens to them if they get caught and you don't know? <laughs> it sounds like you become an Inquisitor. Yeah, well, I've got two theories here, which is either, one, you become an Inquisitor like Reva, or two, they get sent to Exegol, which is that massive Sith planet in uh, Rise of Skywalker to become like that massive crowd of Sith acolytes that just trying to go, wow, oh, wow. Yeah. I think they're, they're definitely they're trying to make that make more sense, which I appreciate. Oh, I think they'd be better off to try to pivot away from it. However, they can. Oh, as much as I hate the last Jedi, and I do, and I, I probably overstated as a way to rile you up. But <laughs> like the rise of Skywalker is just the worst. I will watch Phantom Menace a hundred times. Oh, see, I like Phantom Menace. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll watch. Like, yeah. There's, there's a lot of good in that film. Um, and you know, it's, it's goofy and it's kitty, but it's building to something and I can deal yeah. with that for every Jake Lloyd. This is pod racing. <laughs> At least just let me throw my hands up in the air going, okay, your wayfinder Sith thing works. If you hold it there, if you're standing on that one rock, what if you're standing on any other rock or you're not as tall as you are or any of that, or wait, Palpatine's alive. Should we describe how? Not really. Oh, okay. I understand that, like, uh, Poe wouldn't know. I think there's, um, there was an Elijah Wood tweet I saw uh, when the film came out, and it was from, like, a Star Wars fact Twitter account. It was like, did you know that the people in the Exegol Temple are Sith acolytes who were, and it's like, no, how would I know that? You didn't tell me. And um, That's an excellent point. Yeah, no, I, I love the expanded universe. And I was saying this, I think I said this to Carlo, uh, which is, you can find out how Palpatine returned if you played a round of Fortnite. Yeah, you said that. You did. You did. I was yeah, listening to it. Yeah, and, and and that like that's that's not how that works. So this Mando and uh, has been trying to sort of rectify the secret. That. Yeah, because the question really is, and Marvel's going to run into this problem before very long with how huge their universe is getting. But your casual viewer who's just walked in you need to somehow make this film accessible to them. Mm. So one of the things I went and saw Maverick with uh, a, a group of friends, uh, one of which hadn't watched the first one, which, which I didn't know. And so mm. I, I went, oh, shoot, I, I wish I would have known that. Uh, where you think you were able to sort of get them all the main, and you were, they made it accessible to you. So you yeah. went ahead, you, and that was, it, it wouldn't be far-fetched to go, look, we expect that you'll have watched Top Gun to understand everything in Top Gun Maverick that's fine but the minute you go well hang on you got to read this 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 book or this comic series or or play around a fortnight in order to understand all this information then yeah. all of a sudden it's become 
when you start crossing mediums, then I mean, I, I, I challenge it enough when it's if you don't have Disney Plus, that means you can't understand Marvel movies anymore. That's a bit yeah. like if I went and saw Doctor Strange and didn't have Disney Plus and therefore don't know what happened on WandaVision, I, I'm I'm going, huh? Because there's some yeah. pretty big jumps from the last time I was part. If I was movie only, that's a bit weird. Mm. Now, if you go to the lengths you're talking about, that's really insane. And so yeah. I've got my questions just someone to ask at the end. But it also it also piles into it. So, yeah. But we're massively off yeah. course. We've taken there's our so own path across hyperspace. Uh, and Ben also notices that someone who's etched uh, on here is a Jedi called Quinlan Voss, who is from the Clone Wars series. And he is like okay. a fan favorite from... Uh, like the diehard fans. He's great. And uh, the contact, uh, Tala says that Quinlan helps out a lot and he smuggles a lot of the younglings to safety. So I beg you, Disney Plus, either give me Quinlan Voss, give me a book or something, because that is, that is a hell of a drop of a Star Wars character just to give. I think there'll be, there'll be something. If there's a okay. series two, I think we'd get Quinlan Voss. Um, and Quinlan's written a message where it says, only when the eyes are closed, you can truly see. And that's referring to the way to get to wherever, I guess. And the stormtroopers. Oh, I, I, I interpreted this as being a piece of information that's going to help yeah. um, Obi-Wan finally reach Qui-Gon. Yeah. I don't know if he's looking with his eyes open. I don't know if it's something as stupid as, hey, for 10 years, and you ever think about closing your eyes? But there's going to be something to do with that. I think that's like the thing is just like, Qui-Gon, where are you? And he's like, if he gets into the Force and he like meditates and all that. It's like that thing where um the last Shadow Luke's like reach out to Ray and she like reaches her hand. I was like, no. Oh, you you mean like mentally reach out? I yeah. think it'll be like that thing. All right. <laughs> and uh the stormtroopers knock on the door and Ned opens the door for them and gives them the illusion that it's a droid repair shop. And Ned B gets a bloody like oh, hammer or something. It's, a, it's like a giant spanner, is what it is. Yeah. And he's like ready to just absolutely clobber them. Oh, I, I see. This is like Chekhov's gun to me because when it doesn't yeah. happen, I now think it's going to happen at some point in the series, yeah. and it doesn't. And I'm like, oh. So unless he's important in episode four, which he or part four, which he might yeah. be, but I, I felt this was a giant Chekhov's gun moment to me. I think that's the thing of there was a moment where I was like actually kind of fearing almost for the stormtroopers because after uh, was it Mando, I've seen the damage that a hammer can do. Yeah, like what's gonna? Yeah, and the, and you'd have the inability for your for your character who does this to explain or justify yeah. or say how they're feeling, and that's that's terrifying actually. Yeah, yeah. And the Stormtrooper's like, oh no, it just doesn't understand, but clearly you can see that it does. And uh, Tala then says uh, to the pilot that they need to leave now because they've been compromised. And Leia asks if it's scary to pretend she's an Imperial. And she says, well, it is, but I get to help people, so it makes up for it. And Ben wants to know why she's risking everything because she was a victim of Empire indoctrination, kind of like Freck, and she wants to right her wrongs. And before they can continue, though, Ben gets hit with a sense he's not felt in a long time. He stares out the window and the Inquisitors arrive, but it's not that. And then we hear the breathing. Yep. It's him, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker back. And this is the first time he's seen by Ben and Vader senses him immediately. And it's quiet, it's intense. And Vader just uses the force on innocent civilians to lure Ben out. And uh, the, uh, he he starts to torture a father and a child yep. um, of the man he's torturing comes out screaming and Vader shoves him against a wall and then snaps his neck with the force. Uh -huh. 
that was I was I was not expecting that on my Disney uh, streaming service Star Wars show. I think Obi Wan has to see this. I think Obi Wan has to see yeah. just how bad it's going to get by making him as visceral as possible. Um, I would wonder. I think probably that's for adults. It's it's clear to infer what's occurred. I think for children, maybe yeah. not. Maybe not as much. Yeah. Um, what makes him terrifying in this episode? He's a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, force to. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So this is you know. This is all designed so that Obi Wan can continue his downward spiral in yeah. in a variety of ways. And uh, Ben tells Leia with, to go with Tyler and begs Tyler to take it to Alderaan. And Ben's gonna face Vader, who's just dragging innocence through the mud because he can. And Ben leaves. Vader senses it and goes in his direction. While uh, Reva and the fifth brother just bicker when uh, Reva goes her own way because she's gonna she's gonna find Leia. And uh, Ben runs deep into the desert. Go your own way. <laughs> Sorry, I just, just had a little song. I yeah, Ben, ben in goes into the desert. Why does that remind me of something? Uh, okay, go ahead. And he's deep in the desert, and uh, we we see uh, a shot. We see and Ray, Vader's red lightsaber ignites, and he comes towards him, and Ben readies his blade, but he doesn't ignite it just yet, and he runs away because he's too frightened to admit the truth. And uh, Vader says he can't run from him to Ben. And then Ben ignites his blade and the fear. And we just see Vader walking towards him. And uh, See, my ben thing also- is, I bet you that Ben probably, even though he's an old man, he probably could outrun, yeah. you know, stumpy Darth Vader. I, th- I think he could. Well, Vader always just walks, which makes him somehow yeah. more. He's, he's like, how is it? Is it Jason? Michael Myatt, they always walk. They always they walk. Right. Yeah. Uh, if you look at uh, Anton Chigurh in No Country for Old oh, Men, yeah. he always walks. Yeah. Yep. And um, Ben asks what he's become, and Vader says, I am what you made me. Well, uh, God, yeah. That's typical Hayden Christensen logic. I really wanted to hear his <laughs> whiny voice as he says it, but no. I it, am what you made me. This, Yeah, this is totally, this totally lines up with, with, yeah. with, with the character. This line felt perfect. So I thought yeah. about this line specifically and went, well written well written there's there's elements of this story-wise but as far as like how do we handle the dialogue for vader and obi-wan especially i i i think they write dialogue for these two characters very well Mm. because this is i think with vader he always talks different but because it's ben he's gonna sound like because this this is bringing up every moment of pain for both of them now when i say it's consistent it's consistent with the prequel versions of these characters yeah. all of a sudden when they get to episode four it's gonna be like some quasi shakespearean nonsense I want them alive. if yeah. you if you strike me down i will rise up much more powerful than before it's like when do we start talking around things rather than just <laughs> deal with things all right uh reva meanwhile finds the hidden room and leia begs tala to go help ben who is getting confronted by Vader again, and he goes for the slice, and they start to battle. And Vader's just wailing on Ben, who's just trying to defend it. And uh, Vader tells him that the years have made you weak, and Vader's just toying with Ben to try and make him suffer, while Leia tells Tala to go and find Ben because it's uh, she's close to the pilot. And Ben tries to hold his own against Vader, but he's just he's just beating the absolute snot out of him. And Vader again just says, "You should have killed me when you had the chance." And, and, and what's, that's in, like, what's interesting, of course, is that Vader has been Vader for 10 years. Yeah. And, of course, Obi-Wan hasn't been using the Force for any of this stuff in 10 years. So not only is he an old man, he's also kind of, you have the idea, I, my, the way I read it is that he's been living kind of outside of trying to reach out to, to Qui-Gon occasionally. He's been living kind of outside of the Force. Mm. 
for these 10 years. So both of which would explain why he's getting his, his backside handed to him. No force. He's not held a saber in 10 years. There's like that whole thing. And also the horror of the, the essentially the child you raised saying you should have killed. Yeah. It's almost like he's begging for it because again, for 10 years, because of Obi-Wan, he's suffered. Like that suit is designed to just hurt him. And that pain causes his anger and his anger yeah. leads to suffering from the others. So there we go. Yeah. And uh, Reva finds the safe house, all the markings, and she's horrified at seeing the uh, Jedi Order symbol and starts to chase after Leia. And uh, Ben tries to run from Vader again, who just brings a box of, I think it's coals or something, onto the floor, and he uses his saber to ignite him and ignite them, the fire surrounding both of them. And he's like, now you will suffer, everyone, obviously, hearkening back to Mustafa. I thought that was, it, yeah, I thought it was a good choice, but I think he, I think he kind of... My issue with this is that he, he falls short of what he should have done in that moment. Well, I think it's that thing. He's now like, I want you to suffer as much as possible. Like, have that same thing. Yeah, but he's toying. He's dramatic. Ignite his face. I mean, it's just like, okay, you yeah. singed my arm a bit. <laughs> yeah, that is the one thing. He, yeah, that, like, that like, is the Like, start thing. by, you know, start by getting him to the point where he kind of starts to, you know, lose his face like you did. And then stop. And then force him to live in that pain. I mean, if you're Vader. That, now, granted, that doesn't here's the downside of a series like this it's the benefit and the downside of it is that we know that obi-wan has to be fine to meet luke in yeah, 10 years we, to, we know no that has to be the case yeah we so have to get back to the status quo by the end of it, it establishes who's safe and who's not yeah and while in the moment you can go oh no there are elements where you go but what could this mean? So, like, the Mandalorian's great in the sense that, for the most part, none of these characters really interfere with the larger, uh, at least for for, for, for for casuals such as me, yeah. for, for the main um, episode films. Yeah. Whereas so many of these are major players, I, I've got my tick list of things that I know cannot happen. And it's kind of like the Black Widow disaster put in a much more friendly box where it's like, I how... How concerned, you know, in the immediacy, I'm like, oh, no, Obi-Wan. But I'm like, hang on. You really can't do much yeah. with him. And Vader's not going to have anything too bad happen to him either. But these other characters are expendable. So it's like, yeah. imagine the Rogue One situation, but only applying to half the cast. Yeah, it's it's really, because obviously we need to have the status quo by the end of the Obi-Wan's back on Tatooine. Uh, Vader's doing Vader things. The Inquisitor. You have certain Inquisitors who need to still be alive for yep. uh, Rebels and all that kind of stuff. Um, like, surely I, at the end of this, Vader has to believe Obi-Wan's dead well, yeah, at the end of the series. Because that's yes. the only way it works that he's, like, so surprised to see him in episode four. Yeah, he's like, I, I is that thing of... Uh, or else, or else why do you stop looking? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing. The, the, always, the big reveal in Rebels, Darth Maul sort of just senses... Obi-Wan in the force, he's like, oh my god, he's alive. I've been told by so many people he's dead. The Empire thinks he's dead. And then he goes and, and fights Obi-Wan again. And, and with this, I think... Because with, with with this scene, I wasn't like, oh no, is Obi-Wan okay? I'm more, saying, I'm more going, oh, the emotional part here of obviously he's making him feel like he done a Mustafa. But at the same point, I'm going, well, he's going to be fine. Yeah, surely. and you're asking... See, here's Because... We're basically fighting two different fights here. And one yeah. of it is from a character development standpoint. We can go, this is really good stuff. Look at this. Look, 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 at, look at how well this is. 
this is a hearkening back to all but then there's the part of you that i think most of us fall into where we're more concerned with plot than we are with character development and we're going from plot perspective well i know nothing's gonna happen here because <laughs> the dramatic irony and all that stuff yeah. so yeah i mean uh, now in the moment i'm going oh this is this is great oh this is whatever and then i went but he, surely you can't oh he is dragging him through the flames oh, okay so why and, and that's when i started to get a little bit iffy on it um but yeah it just felt like if you were waiting yeah. for someone for 10 years i don't know if you do half measures at this point but they're written into a corner by by the yeah. rules of the universe they live in maybe so he's he's toying with them and i think I uh, clearly I, I I don't know if I leave it. We're gonna get like a, a round two, I guess, which will have the thinking he's dead kind of thing. I sure. guess. And um, yeah, Vader then's like, "Oh, your pain has just begun." So clearly he's got he's got plans. He snuffs out the fire demands. Can only be brought to him by the stormtroopers. And uh, Tala interferes by shooting some troopers and also relighting relighting the fire. Um, to feel the love and uh kenobi gets carried away by ned and uh, vader sort of just watches well i wonder if vader's got some sort of a, tra a trauma going on here now he can't go through the fire yeah and that would have been an interesting um interesting thing to sort of go through and see like you know is he although he lit the fire at the first point it was never about him having to go through it now to get to obi-wan yeah. he would have to go through it and that's he turns around and walks away like he's yeah. he, he kind of does fight or flight and he does flight on that moment you have this very um, lingering shot of him just staring yep. at the fire, and he like reflects in in his his little red eyes, uh, glass eyes, and there's nothing said, but the the music kind of like just teeters and like breaks almost, and then it then he turns. So obviously, I mean, there's a lot there. Obviously, he's been taken away, and he's he's I don't know if he's satisfied that he's been able to hurt Kenobi a bit, but there's. There's clearly something going on because uh, then Tyler tells Ned to get the transport ready to take him to Jabin. What about Leia? Because Leia's been found by Reva, who's killed the pilot, and she's going to take her from here. And that's how we end. Yeah, yeah. We've got three plot points sort of in the air. We've got Vader's whole thing. We've got uh, uh, Jabin, and we've got Leia. I mean, this is just turning the Mandalorian, isn't it? Yeah. Let's go get the child. Well, we, we've stolen the child. Oh, let's get the child back. Uh, there's, there's a bit of that, which is a bit frustrating. Where I'm going, okay, is this, is this the one story we know how to tell now in the in the sort of Star Wars extended universe, if you will? Man, um, they did it. Bad Batch did it in its like second yeah, to last episode. I mean, Cad Bane shows up. I mean, I mean come on. Child. Is there anything else we can do? Um, so, yeah, th 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 there's that. There's that. Mm. But no, that's, that's part three. Uh, it took us a while to get there. I'll be honest. That's my fault. But no, no, me too, me we, too. What did we think overall of, of part three? <sighs> it, I said last week, if I got a scene of Vader, I'd be happy. We got a lot more than that. Hmm. Um, I, I guess that's good. And this is the moment. And this feels like it, it is the halfway point. We yeah. have put the divider down. Maybe it's more of a film of two, uh, uh, rather than a three act structure. Maybe it's a series of two halves and we've just reached halftime. Possibly, yeah. Yeah um episode four like always or part four is going to be in a six episode run it's going to be a big one um because mm. surely he has to finish either he gets her back next episode or we got or that's the climax and that's episode six because i don't think we have it in us for another 
for another subplot to be added to it. I mean, really, this is where we're at. How does he rescue Leia while at the same time avoiding Darth Vader, who he knows is going to own him if, if, if they run into each other again? Yeah. Uh, unless we have an inspirational talk, Adam Sandler style, where he sees someone dead, tell him, you can do it. And <laughs> all of a sudden, he no longer has a bad feeling about this, and he rescues the kid, and that's our story. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel all right. I feel all right. Uh, I'm, I, if it, this needs to be Obi-Wan's lowest point. This, this, this needs yeah. to be, or else I'm going, careful, you're going too far with this character who I think has really been pivotal the entire run and he needs to have his mojo back for when he meets luke he does so what are we going to do to create that there's i think i think this will be the lowest but we get the first three episodes to just wail on him and we get to see that the last 10 years have been kind to him uh owen still hates him uh we get to see the shock and trauma in the second episode obviously that uh Anakin's alive and he starts to use the force again we then see he's not good at the force or using a lightsaber yet I think four five and six will be that steady it's like it's like a roller coaster so we've we've just dipped and now we're getting our, our rise again I think that it's the beginning of the of the, the the montage of becoming a Jedi again I I do like I like seeing him no I don't like seeing him suffer that sounds really really evil <laughs> but I, I think it's it's necessary for where we are right now especially with Vader because this is the height of the empire. We've got Solo around this time as well, I think. So they're like everything, everything's going on. Every bad thing's happening. Um, but no, I, I think Leia's better this episode. I think I said in, in, in when we did part two that I prefer Leia. And I think that helped when we did one and two. Because I, I appreciate where her character started to go. Um, and um, this is kind of like um, Vader is like Luke in a sense. Uh, how they're handling him. Because in Rogue One, Vader shows up for that massive cool hallway scene that everyone is reminded of. Mando season two, Luke shows up for that really cool hallway scene that everyone remembers. And then he has an episode about him in Book of Boba Fett. And then Vader gets his sort of episode here. So we get to flesh out these legends into more than what they are. Luke becomes more methodical. Vader becomes so much more terrifying. Yeah, I hope Vader goes away for a bit. I have to see Vader again in episode six. I think... I think we won't see him for a while. I think we'll get rumbles of him in, in mentioned in episode no, four. And then I think the end of episode five will have that thing. Maybe, of, I'm going to find him. Maybe the odd scene. I mean, I, you can, sorry, let me phrase that. You can have Vader. Yeah. You just can't have Vader and Obi Wan in the same sort of yeah. space again. That needs to that needs to happen again in episode six and only episode six. Yeah. So yeah. But yeah, I think I think our big uh, end will be that that final fight, and we'll get that. Oh, I think he's dead, and they'll. Yep have that thing but uh what do we th- favorite moment of relevant i only forgot what we do hmm. uh i suppose it's 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 the showdown between obi-wan and vader as one-sided as it was um it accomplished what it needs to do i was excited and hopeful i'm going here and then he completely bombs it and i'm going okay good this is what you need the hero needs to doubt himself he needs to come back from the setback da 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 I suppose that's my favorite moment of the, uh, yeah, that's my favorite moment. Mm. Uh, honorable mention to um, Droidy McDroid Droid <laughs> with his spanner of vengeance. Uh, Freck. I love the character. Uh, Freck. I think Freck is a great inclusion to showing how far the Empire's reach has become, especially in how... Um, how it's been able to influence people despite it maybe working against, maybe working against them um well, 
It's great. I like Frack because he's the... Uh, is there an, ev- uh, an issue with the evil league of evil we eat evil cereal and we yeah. drink evil milk and frack's a guy who thinks they're doing a good job and thinks he's doing the right thing by supporting them he doesn't think he's being a warmonger he mm. thinks he's on the side of right and i like that as f- when you see a civilian acting in these it's always better than if you see the institution itself because yeah. then it just feels a little bit too, you know, evil league of evil. Uh, so why a random citizen would find the empire beneficial, uh, I think that's that's important. Well, it's like in in Solo. This is not this is like the first ten minutes, but in Solo he goes with the empire because he wants to get off Corellia, and he uses that as his way of well, maybe I can use that to better myself oh i can rise up and be what i want to be and then he sees the horror of the empire and we get to see these different perspectives and i really like that especially with freck because this is this is your everyman this is your you know every kind of thing and that's a really nice dynamic compared to we all, we know the empire is evil we've known from the beginning but getting to see how it affects people oh it's it's brilliant uh, and then going from brilliant to now a little grumble little grumble um honestly it's gonna be uh this episode in its desire to use vader to great effect uh, i kind of let reva left reva on, on on the sidelines for large portions of it and i was yeah. really uh invested and remain invested in that character's uh arc and uh felt it was just sit over here and simmer we'll come back to you and maybe that's in the grand scheme of things that's what needs to happen but she's probably the character besides obi-wan himself that i'm most i'm probably worse in in reva than i am in vader and i realize that for most people i'm in the minority on that one uh they want to see you know the 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 ogs of the star wars universe you know bang bang it out but i'm really interested in this character and, and and where she's headed so i hope episode four puts more focus back on her journey uh, and now that she's you know got grogu 2.0 i'm sure that you know she's gonna have a heavy episode in part four but um i did feel she was kind of put to the side yeah um i think it's it's similar to that because we we get smatterings of of the conflict between her and the the fifth brother or um whatever where uh, it's the fifth brother yeah and i i like that but it's very in between and i i I know the point for it is obviously vader is the big bad so obviously when he steps in they become like the the sidekicks and she gets to like go go her own way again and all all of that but i think i just wanted i want a bit more reaver is such a fascinating character and i want to see where this continues yeah uh, so I guess that's just star ratings. Uh, interesting, yeah. Um, I'm a little bit less on this one than I was last week, which is weird because mm-hmm. this was, was a huge plot week. Um, I'm gonna go. I had a good time. It's an it's an it's an eight. Uh, where do I feel about next week? It's probably an eight as well. Um, I, I am sitting here a little bit frustrated, throwing my hands in the air, going, oh, it's the Mandalorian, isn't it? That's what we got. Okay, we stole the kid. Great. Or so it's just a precocious child being you know, rescued by someone who doesn't really want to be labored with the task of finding them and protecting them. All right, how did how did this happen? Did we just put the Mandalorian Obi-Wan on a blender and this is what came out? Um, no, nah, I mean a little bit glib there but um we i need to see greater examples of how this one's going to be different than that because it just feels like they're hitting some lazy plot points 
including end of the episode we've lost the child <laughs> go to credits yeah uh, after meeting someone on a strange at least a mandalorian they waited around for a couple hours until the, the the contact showed up or they did whatever they had to do i forget what exactly what it was oh this is when um when bubba that first shows up in, in season what happens twice after both yeah. seasons so there we go the second to last uh is it oh was it like obi-wan how about Jackson. you wait fi- how about you wait five minutes intergalactic space travel isn't exactly a uh isn't exactly a, on the second uh event as because you thought it was gonna be a lot longer than we're here so obviously you were early obviously you were early <laughs> chill out uh so eight and an eight i mean and it sounds like i'm being kind of negative despite saying eight I-, I enjoyed myself i'm just looking for ways that this is going to be different from existing star wars properties that have come across so recently yeah uh i'm i'm eight and a half i really do i like where this goes with characters i like the how they showcase the world and again i'm trying to show but this is this is something i love about some of the the allegories behind it i think is really fascinating um the vader stuff i really like i like how uh obi-wan is is terrible at what he does uh and uh i think excitement's probably nine or ten solely because of this mention of Quinlan of another Jedi and this idea that Reva's got a connection to it. I really want to see where that goes with Reva and possibly Quinlan, if that does happen. Yeah. Uh yeah. Uh so that is part three. I didn't know if you wanted to do Here's my question I have for you. Yeah. If I can help. Yeah. It's the idea about I was thinking about this the last night when I was just I was uh, I was out for a run. And uh some reason this came into my head. Who owns Star Wars? And what, what kind of what I get is that is your interpret oh that's why I was listening to uh episode one. Excellent intro. Um Thanks. and the, the question I had was who is Star Wars belong to? Does it belong just because you are and by you I mean I'm gonna have you represent the the the, the greater fandom. Yeah. So just because you are so heavily invested in uh in the material in the extended universe does that mean that disney owe it to satisfy your needs as the hardcores as those who are up on every bit of back reading um alternate programming da 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 or is it about the casuals and ensuring that they have um they have their experience and their needs met even if it means feeling a bit redundant or inconsistent to those who are into the um who believe in something to such an extreme at what point does fandom's ownership of that content become toxic is basically what what i'm i suppose i'm asking um i I think it extends beyond star wars we're talking about, about about um about marvel i i've i gotta get i gotta get off some sort of algorithms on facebook because i'm commenting now on on marvel fanboys and fangirls who are like who's the strongest avenger and getting like legitimately angry with each other and i'm like what what, what is going on here yeah, what are we doing gets this obsessive nature but you know therefore do you have any more right to this content because I think people who are involved in these fandoms would look at those of us who aren't as deep in them and go, well, you don't get it like I do. This is my star. And I mean, in the way that you say this is my Star Wars, I think you're looking at it from a frame of greater, um, your Star Wars is bigger than my Star Wars, is, is the yeah. way I would put it. 
Yeah. But when some people say this is my Star Wars, the idea being that you're not, it's like when you're a fan of a band, you get that person who's a bit yeah. of a fan of that. They're not really your band. They're my band because I was a fan since da 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 da. And therefore, uh, what how you feel about it is irrelevant. And I'm sitting here going, I don't know who. I've got my my question was who owns Star Wars or who owns that loyalty? Is there a bit where you reward those who are who are so much more invested over those who are investing for the first time? Because otherwise, it becomes quite intimidating for someone to jump in and go, "Yeah, but you're not really a fan because you don't have." A, and if I'm new to it, I'm going on. Oh, I guess not. I'll see you later. And it was just a question I had. I don't even know if there's an answer to it, but it was something I wanted to kind of explore because I think it it crosses over all fandoms. I think the milk toast answer you can give is oh everyone owns Star, which isn't isn't true. Obviously, there there will be points where there were the only time I'll say the gatekeeping is positive is the really toxic ones, the really racist or bigoted ones. That's not that. I think I've been thinking. I think about this a lot actually because obviously I read the books, I, I read the comics, I play the video games, and they're they're my canon. And there is a greater canon for me than other people. But also, I'm at a point where stuff gets contradicted all of the time, even within shows and movies, where I go, okay, yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I'm one of the only, I know a lot of people, uh, thankfully, my circle of Star Wars friends that I have online uh, in the community, they're relatively positive and not very gatekeeper compared to uh, other sides, which are like, well, this is our Star Wars. You can't like Star Wars. I've seen, like people who jumped on with the sequels, they they love Star Wars, but you have people who say, well, you're not a real Star Wars fan because you only started in 2015, was it? Um, I think Star Wars is more for casuals, and the people that like the expanded universe have their own subsection. Yeah, we have we have the writers. There's a I would mention that there's the High Republic, which is like this is the new side of expanded universe content for Star Wars, and you can be in that microcosm. But it doesn't affect anything else. And the same with I can I enjoy Obi Wan, and I know it won't affect anything else. I remember Book of Boba Fett came out, and there was a scene where young Luke gives a test to Grogu, and he's like, "You can have this lightsaber, which is uh, my master Yoda's." And I found it on Dagobah, and everyone's like, "Well, but in 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 a episode, in a uh, Darth Vader comic, he uh, the Emperor burnt Vader's." Like, I don't care. I don't. Yeah. If if stuff contradicts it, there are, there are tiers of canon. Movies and TV shows are tier one. Books and everything okay. else are the second tier. And if stuff gets contradicted, it happens all the time. Luke, George Lucas, he he said that any that any book, any this is when Legends happened before the the new stuff. He he was like, I don't care about the books. I don't yeah. care about the comics. My, the cat. The main canon is. Um, the movies and eventually Clone Wars when the show came out and you can enjoy every you can enjoy everything but it doesn't if it doesn't have to impede your enjoyment of anything else I think because I think that's what Marvel stumbled onto by calling it yeah. the Marvel Cinematic Universe is sort of the establishment that I mean they, they quite clearly go against their own source material or yeah. adopt it or or uh, take storylines that are meant for one character at one timeline and sort of repurpose them, if you will. And yeah. I think that because Star Wars is a unique beast in the sense that it's so comprehensive, and some there's some layer out there that goes, no, no, it all counts, and it's great if it all counts, but it does. There's no, I guess I talked about it a little bit with the Marvel concept earlier, but in, in short. The Marvel will start to fail if audiences feel they're not in on the information anymore. 
if they feel yeah. they're outside of the narrative and can't access all of it because of something they haven't seen aka disney plus uh i think there's a danger in um in marvel fatigue because if you're asking to invest in new characters at the same time that you're going and i can't even figure out what's going on anymore that's going to be a lot yeah. um, star wars i think because star wars is i'm trying to it's weird i'm trying to make an excuse and say that star wars seems more disney centric i don't know how or what that 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 is or if star wars is with these um the one thing I'll say is because these anthology series, they already relate to, that's it. They relate to IP we're already familiar with and stories we're already familiar yeah. with. And if you don't get Obi-Wan, that doesn't really matter for where we're going. And if you don't get Solo, that doesn't really matter for where we're going because we're going to go somewhere new, we're going to do a new trilogy. And as long as they don't pull a, um, a Marvel and start trying to integrate the television shows into the film chronology explicitly, that's going to be the downfall because you were able to enjoy um attack of the clones without knowing necessarily what the books had said previously that wasn't yeah. essential stuff to understand what the narrative was unlike wandavision doctor strange if you hadn't seen wandavision oh my god were you in the dark for that i think that's the thing there are i i as you as you can see uh, the viewers can't obviously but i have my massive collection of, of star wars books there is like book upon book which uh there's a book there's a padme trilogy which is set between all that and it's the books don't add canon. They sort of expand upon it, kind of like the Clone Wars show did, where we go, oh, we've got three years between episode two and three. Let's see where that goes. Let's see what stories we can tell to then eventually. It was basically going, let's develop Anakin's fall. Let's develop the relationship and see how why everything's in turmoil. There's... Yeah. um Again, you, I know you don't like The Last Jedi. There's a book I have <laughs> called Cobalt Squadron, and it is a it's essentially sort of a story about um your favorite character rose and her sister Paige. Uh, yeah. and i i read this before it came out um i read the book before it came out and i was like oh i like this character of, of rose and Paige, and it doesn't add anything to it it's just a story about these two characters that i'll get to see it's almost like a marketing tool and um Obviously, Paige dies in the first 10 minutes of the film. And I go, yes. oh, that's a shame. I really liked Paige. I still got Rose and I can connect with Rose because of that loss. And I can continue going down that way. I read a, a book uh, that was set before um, Rise of Skywalker and it affects nothing. Uh, but it was called Resistance Reborn. And it's about Snap Wexley and Poe Dameron. And I, I, lo I, I love Snap. He was great in comics. And I learned about Wedge Antilles, who's the old guy who shows up. He's like, nice shot, Lando. Yeah. And when Snap dies in the film, I go, oh, no, I've spent the last four years enjoying that character. Oh, well. And for Norton Moore to go, oh, no, Poe's friend died. And you get these. Yeah. It's, it doesn't affect any. It doesn't affect canon. It just affects a greater appreciation. I read uh, the, the, the handmaiden who explodes at the beginning of episode two. I read a book about her. And I go, oh, no, it's a shame because she's nice. But it doesn't change anything. It just great, creates a great appreciation, and I prefer that to what the MCU doesn't say. You need to watch this. Yeah, thing. yeah, you're right. I don't. I don't go to it and say, "Well, before you watch uh, the was the the seventh one, The Force Awakens, you need to read seven books on a comic about what's going." No, you don't. You just yeah. you learn and you expand, and I think that's the difference between Star Wars and Marvel, where they they're their own subsections, and you can enjoy stuff yep. outside of the films, and that's fine. You can enjoy the movies and all that, but they don't negatively impact your your viewership of 
anything. The films might retcon some stuff, but they're not massive changes because your no. main canon will always be the books and TV. Um, I think everyone's doing that very well compared to like the MCU. Agree. Agree. Yeah. And hopefully was, people can can, can yeah. listen to things like this podcast and go, hey, yeah. it's increasing. Or Because I think it would. I think if yeah. I were to sit here and listen to it and go, oh, Ian doesn't like Princess Leia. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you go in episode four, you're like, hey, he's not to talk about this because she's actually getting a good example. Or, hey, yeah. so it's, it's weird how... Um, uh oh what was his name Jen uh, henry jenkins who has something called fandom theory and henry yeah. jenkins idea was that we now watch these things half because we want to um we want to watch them for their own right and half because we want to be involved in that conversation yeah and therefore if people want to follow and hear what we have to say and yeah. even contribute they watch that so they can feel part of that larger global conversation. Mm. And then there was a Clay Shirky who said, and also we have this need to sort of give our interpretation thereof, ergo podcasts like this, yeah. where no one's a consumer anymore. We're all producers and con- we're all prosumers. And so we take things in and whether it's people who just do a tweet, that's considered, you know, co- creating content even down to this. So I think both of those things, actually are part of what we're talking about with these greater things because if you can't access it if you can't access the narrative then you can't access that conversation then you feel out of the loop on those conversations therefore you want to distance yourself and go that's not for me so it's important that these things are designed to bring people in and enhance which is great but if it gets to the point where that 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 conversation or lack of access to it is going to eliminate your ability to enjoy the big tent pole sort of moments then all of a sudden um they become actually um detrimental to their own survival as weird as that sounds yeah uh and to survive i'm gonna get us out of here because we've been going for a while so we're not detrimental to our own survival yeah exactly uh, so thank you so much for listening to this very long episode of part three of Show Me One Kenobi. Uh, if you like what we do and you like these conversations, we have our episode of, uh, oh no, what did we do? The Gentleman that we did with BFF of the BFE Hermes. That's right. Uh, and tomorrow. You want to have a long Monday, episode. Cheers. <laughs> yeah. Tomorrow we'll have an episode on Jurassic World, which thinking about it is going to be a very interesting conversation i think about franchise and corporation now yeah. giving giving that uh, a moment of thought about what we've discussed today uh, we have we should mention that's uh jurassic world with friend of the podcast filmmaker jay salahi director oh, and writer yes. of northwood pie excellent uh as well we have a see it or skip it on top gun maverick and also a see it or skip it on kids in the hall the yes. amazon prime remake Re- yeah read Re- styling legacy uh, return to i don't know what it is yeah, yeah. There's something. the 2022 version of it yeah. yes uh and as obviously we said bff for the bfe you can be a bff for the bfe if you go to our patreon and you can give uh your thoughts on films and actually contribute to our overall rating if you choose the that high ranking that i just mentioned you can choose a film for us and come on at the end and you have an even better rating that you can give compared to the other the fifth chair uh and we got little cool goodies and gifts and we'll, we'll send postcards and talk and we'll have a live stream a live recorded episode in i want to say june or july i will say this we are announcing the specifics of that on the jurassic world episodes if you want to hear more about our our next big week sort of uh go ahead and hit the jurassic world episode tomorrow Ooh, exciting and obviously you can follow us on twitter at best film ever pod 
And that's also on Facebook and Instagram as well. You get all of your interaction more on Twitter. Yeah, it's pretty much Twitter. And that we technically we do have an Instagram account. I don't think it's been updated since since Halloween. Incredible. (laughs) Nice. Uh, So thank you so much for listening. I've been Ethan. And I've been Ian. I have to say, with all of this we've discussed, who actually owns the podcast? Listeners. We'll see you next time. I have a bad feeling about this. (laughs) 